On the Nonlinear Healing Podcast, we talk about all the aspects of healing. The beautiful parts and the painful parts, too. We acknowledge that healing is not linear. And there are many ups and downs in every person's story. And in fact, we celebrate the messy parts just as much as the pretty parts. This is Nonlinear Healing with Courtney Brooke. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Nonlinear Healing with Courtney Brooke. It's your host, Courtney Brooke. I am coming to you today from my bathroom, and I'm in the middle of getting ready for work. But back when podcasts were not everywhere all the time, I remember some of my favorite episodes being ones that people would be recording on their way to work or, you know, recording in their bathroom or spark of inspiration type of podcast episodes. So I found a spark of inspiration and I hope the sound quality is okay. (laughs) So I wanted to drop by today and talk to you all a little bit around the mother wound. So it is Mother's Day. And for a lot of individuals, this holiday is both a day of celebration, but also perhaps a point of contention. Um, For others, it may be an uncomfortable day, but I am probably for the first time in a very long time really getting to experience Mother's Day in a different way than I have in the past, really celebrating myself in, in a full and a deep way that I have it in the past. So I have honestly struggled around motherhood. I was a young mom. I was 23 when I had my firstborn. And while I didn't think I was that young at the time, because truthfully, I made it out of high school without a baby on my hip. So in my family, that was a win. Um, I come to this point in my life and I recognize that I was indeed a very young mom and I did fortunately have a lot of help and a lot of support but I spent the first several years really stuck in this belief of I should be able to do it all have it all do it all and I sort of shifted away from that probably about five years ago but I'm going to be honest when I say that I didn't really fully embrace motherhood. Um, I think that for a lot of women, there's a certain level of resentment that comes with motherhood. The whole, you know, you're the one who's in charge of the care, the responsibility. There's a lot that's involved and your children, as much as they love their dads, they do just they have a different relationship. They gravitate towards mom, and it is very unique and special in that way. And um, when I was working full time in corporate, plus some, I really struggled with kind of even wanting to be thought of as a mother, right? Um, kind of more along those lines of like boss bitch, right? I was boss babe, and those two archetypes, you know, the boss bitch and the mother, they're very difficult to kind of simultaneously embrace. And as much as I tried to balance, 
it was really difficult. And there was a lot of resentment that I housed still. I remember, you know, being in groups and, and talking to other women and being like, oh, I, I would never want to be a stay at home. That sounds like torture. Um, I don't, I love my kids, but I, I need to spend time away from them. And, you know, some of that is still true, but I also came to recognize that it was really mostly based on this image of the mother that is over domesticated. And that's, that's what I was resenting. So this idea that mom just cooks and cleans all day and that she is the one who's kind of solely responsible for the well-being of the children. She can be rather submissive and is very highly domesticated in, in many ways. That's what I resented. That's what I didn't want. Um, you know, women make up the largest portion of unpaid labor in the world, in the, in the entire world. So there's a good reason why certain women resent that, including myself and pre- previous versions of myself. Um, it is impossible. It is absolutely impossible to keep up with the expectations of what it means to be a quote-unquote housewife by American standards. Um, they have estimated that requires up to like an 80-hour work week. So add that on top of the 40 to 50 hours I was working every week, of course, there was a lot of resentment that I housed and was truthfully pretty unaware of. It lived in a subconscious place or an unconscious place within me. And, you know, I love my children. I've always, always deeply loved my children. And the resentment of motherhood has nothing to do with love for children. Um, But it does sort of, it does require you to keep a certain distance in a sense, right? Like there's a certain amount of um, inability to completely step into the mothering role if you hold that type of resentment. So nurturing, I've always been a hugger, I've always been a kisser, but I've never really been a um, coddler, right? And I do think that there is a fine line between nurturing and coddling, but it's one that we do need to explore as women. Um, I, I, to this day, love the nights where my children crawl into bed with me and want to come snuggle. And they're older now. My daughter's almost five. My son's going to be eight in September. And um, at first, when they were little, I really resented it because I wanted my time and I wanted my space. And, you know, we did sleep train and and I made sure that I had my bed. And, And I don't regret that because... You know, for my husband and I, our bed is a sacred place, and we really like to have that time in that space, but there is magic, and there is a certain amount of bonding that happens when you're sleeping and, and holding your little one, um, or not so little one in this case now. So tonight, my son woke up with a stomach bug. He's vomiting, you know, in the bathroom, and Afterward, he comes in and he's just like, Mommy, I really want to lay with you. You always help me feel better. And I let him lay with me. He took up 
half my bed because he's seven now and he's pretty much as big as I am. Um, but <laughs> just holding him, playing with his hair, really just felt so soothing for him and for me as well. You know, even my husband will tell me all the time, like when he's sick, how just laying with me, just feeling my energy, just being present next to me is something that brings him such comfort. And, you know, our kids are not an exception to that. Um, you know, I do think there is a certain amount of, I guess, individuation that you need even at a young age, right? Like your space is your space and my space is my space. But I feel like in typical American culture, like we judge moms who take their children into their space. And, you know, we, we judge the moms who are still breastfeeding at three or still bed sharing at four. And I've just come to realize that there is no right or wrong way to do any of it. And while it's not something that I do routinely or all the time, I do really value those evenings when the kids just want to crawl into bed with mommy and or, you know, like my daughter will sometimes just ask me to lay with her until she falls asleep. And in so many ways, it's such a such a privilege and such a bonding experience for us. And the mother wound, it causes us to resent those those little moments like, oh, I'm so tired. Can I just get my own space? Can I just have my own space? And that space is important. But we need to take our time and our space in our our self-care and into our accountability into our responsibility and so in those moments when our children need us that we don't feel completely drained right like I I do take care of myself I take my time every morning I get up before the kids do I ground I meditate and I do those things so that when my children need me later in the day it doesn't feel like I'm completely drained um I think that on the flip side of this over-domestication that some women assume is what it means to be a mother, um, there's this hyper-masculinization that's happened with women where, you know, we're kind of priding ourselves on being the alpha female. And, you know, I found that that's not really helpful for me either. I don't want to be an alpha female anymore. I, I've always kind of been that alpha female and you know if you look at my astrology chart it's pretty obvious why I've got a ton of placements in fixed signs and in Leo and um you know I certainly am a leader in many ways but I've come to realize that I had come to a place of imbalance with that energy and in many ways sort of tried to overpower um, my husband and while I do think that men and women need to be equal in relationships, there's a certain amount of doing that happens more with the masculine. So women, feminine energy, we're supposed to create. Like, we're responsible for, like, the beauty um, of the home. But the doing part, the doing is, is something that is more masculine in nature. So Ellen was a goddess, a Celtic goddess, and she is the um, the person who paved the ways, and she's known as the paver of the ways, but Ellen didn't actually pave the ways herself. She set up the plan, and she 
expressed it to the king, to the masculine. And he was the one who completed the actual paving. So, but she's still known as the paver of ways. And I think that for me, that in my life, that looks like me being willing and able to have the creative flow and, and, oh, I think this is how this should go. And taking a step back and allowing my husband to actually go the way. Um, I'm trying to think of an example of this. And, and it's something that I'm still trying to master. Like, I'm not... Like, it's something that I'm working on. Um, but, like, with finances, right? Like, really letting him... Like, I'm like, okay, I think this is what the, the spending needs to look like. You know, this is what I have coming up. This is what I'm expecting. But, you know, letting him kind of keep track and letting him be the one to delegate the funds and move the funds. And, um, you know, that was a point of contention for us for a while as we kind of battled over finances and things like that. And the moment that I was just sort of like, okay, I'm, I'm going to take a little bit of a step back here and let him lead in this way. Um, I know in my relationship, it used to always be a point of contention around who made more money too, because, you know, I have a master's degree and I worked really hard to get that degree. And my husband, he is a brilliant man, but he didn't, he decided not to go to college. And, um, he does have a high school diploma, but he has like a tech job and you don't really need degrees for that. And it was always like a battle of like, oh, well, I'm going to make more money than you because I have the more advanced degree. And anytime he would make more money than me, I would sort of get resentful and be like, oh, you're just you know, a white male and that's why you, you make more money and it's as unfair and it's just because I work a job that's primarily female driven and blah, blah, blah. But in so many ways, I think that was closing us off to opportunities. And, you know, my husband, he does make more money than me now. And I have really started to embrace and be like, it's okay. Like, it doesn't mean that I am, you know, less successful because I have degrees and I make less money or anything like that. And understanding that like his money is my money too. It's our money. Um, and not being threatened in that way. So that has definitely been a journey for me that I've had to come to terms with. But that hyper-masculinization of women, I think it was sort of a direct effect of the feminine movement um, and feminism and as much as I think that feminism helped women in many ways, like clearly, you know, the right to vote and things like that is very important and we deserve a say just as much. But I also think that we saw a little bit of this, I don't know, like a rubber band effect where women went from this highly domesticated and submissive role into this hyper-masculinized and rather um, commanding or demanding type of role and I think that women are sort of trying to come back to a place of balance now. I know I certainly am. Um, I have been reading Women Who Run With the Wolves, and it's a great book. It's an incredible read. It's written by um, Dr. Estes, who is a Jungian psychology, and she talks about the wild woman archetype. And what we know about women is that as much as we are nurturing creatures we are also wild in nature and we're meant to be we're not meant to be linear um 
masculinization is what creates a linear process, the X, Y, the Z, the logistics. The women's process is much different from that. Um, we're meant to sort of be cyclical, circular, and that's how things are created, right? Like that's how life is created, is more through this energy that it can be a little bit more volatile, a little bit unpredictable, but all new things come from that type of energy. Um, I had loved reading about the ugly duckling and the role of the um, embryo. What does she call it? Um, the, the lost embryo where women who have sort of been transplanted into families to shake things up and what it means to have been like the difficult child and then to come into your power by finding your community and aligning with other women who are like you. I was always the girl who had too much to say, especially given that I grew up in fundamentalism and, um, you know, really struggled with being accepted because I'm a bit of an outspoken person. And, you know, I've come to recognize that I was always sort of a wild girl and a wild woman and I had suppressed that for some time but the other part of being the wild woman is also allowing in the masculine and I certainly struggled with that for a long time being a woman does not mean that you are submissive to a man but it does mean that you have to learn to co-create and accept and receive what masculine has to give to you. Um, the mother wound of maybe not witnessing this in relationships. Um, I don't know, it wasn't something that I necessarily saw in my parents' relationship where my mom accepted or was very receptive to my father. Um, she certainly was somebody who's pretty masculinized. Um, and again, that rubber band, you know, women in the fifties didn't have a choice. My mom grew up in the seventies and she had a choice and, you know, she's kind of, she took on that role, but having never witnessed that, it made it more complicated. It made it harder for me to embody that and to accept that, you know, women need men and just as much as they need us. And it's a beautiful thing, and it, it's not something to be resented. Um, and I love, I love the fact that I have now been able to sort of embrace my femininity in, an, in a new and a different way. Um, there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of hurt um, with females, with, with women, both between women and from men towards women. And there's a lot of healing that still has to be done. Um, but I think it really just starts with women, first and foremost, getting in touch with that wild woman, embracing the part of us that knows and understands cycles and nonlinear ways and the part of us that is not domesticated, that trusts our instincts, that knows our intuition, that isn't submissive and is is somebody who um, can be both receiving and commanding at the same time. So 
I think it's a beautiful thing. I see it happening collectively. I know there's a number of women that I've been working with who are coming into this place as well. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of this for me personally. It feels like a journey towards my queen energy and um, embracing the regal woman who stands tall and firm, but is also kind and compassionate and receiving and loving. So it's a journey that I think a lot of women are being called into at this point, and I'm excited to see how the world shifts and how things change and grow and evolve um, now that we are sort of coming back into contact with that, that part of us. So... Whew, I feel like this is really messy. <laughs> I feel like this is a really messy episode, but again, that's kind of part of the process with this. So I am curious about your thoughts. I'd love to know if you hear anything about your journey in my story as well. Um, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Make sure that you share with others and um, spread the word about this podcast. And if you haven't already, leave a review. That's what helps us get out to more people. So thanks for stopping by Nonlinear Healing with Courtney Brooke. I'll see you next time.